Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the innovative world of skincare science and beauty biohacking. I'm your host, Amitai Eshel, co-founder and CEO of Young Goose, the world's first biohacking skincare. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce a true visionary, Viktor Sigalovsky, as the dynamic force behind light water scientific. Viktor is revolutionizing our, our understanding of water's intrinsic role in longevity with his groundbreaking research on deuterium. Moreover, he's also crafting a path towards healthier living by emphasizing the power of deuterium depleted water, which uh, his company is called Lightwater, Lightwater Scientific. Not just a scientist, Victor's culinary expertise shines as the co-founder of North America's pioneering organic gourmet raw food restaurants, restaurant called Raw, seamlessly combining the role of a biohacker, wellness author, and culinary innovator. Victor further enthralls with his profound knowledge in gold alchemy, which we talked a little bit on this episode. In today's conversation, we'll unravel Victor's captivating journey from his pivotal insights into endogenous radiation damage theory of aging to his influential strides in wellness and longevity realms. We'll dive into the significance of deuterium in aging, the marvels of super deuterium depleted water, and a sneak peek into the world of raw. But before we start this enlightening discussion, I'd love to share a heartwarming review from one of our cherished biohacking beauty listeners. So this review is by a person named Lindsay Milazzo, and she writes, love, love, love. I'm sorry, Lindsay, I'm sure I'm butchering it. Ready to nerd out and learn how to look young forever? This is the podcast for you. Love Young Goose products and this informative podcast. And obviously this podcast, Lindsay, is, is what warms our hearts and um, what keeps us going, obviously. And, and, and uh, thank you so much for this review. It definitely uh, made us feel amazing. If our episodes resonate with you, kindly leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, podcasts or wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast. Each word contributes to propelling our mission even further. Now, let's embark on this enlightening journey with the incredible Viktor Segalovsky. Okay, Victor, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. It's a, it's a real honor and pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks, Amitai. I'm happy to be on with you. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely, most of the time, my partner in crime, in, in conferences and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Love it. We, we have a lot of fun together. Not enough, actually, you know. So, <laughs> it's fun yeah. hanging out, yeah. <laughs> so, Victor, maybe we can start. Can you begin by breaking down a little bit like what your background is, how you started and how you got to the concept of uh, deuterium depleted water? How did you come to, to be interested in it, maybe, and what it is? Okay, well, we'll start with my background. Mm -hmm. I've always been a health researcher ever since I realized that you are what you eat. So that mm -hmm. happened to me early on in life when I was 21. And I started uh, one of the very first organic raw food restaurants in the U.S., which mm -hmm. started the whole raw food movement, which is a which was which got me more interested in understanding how the human body works. And I got into farming, food growing. I got into biochemistry. I got into all these things that interested me to find out, you know, what it is that makes mm -hmm. us. Think. And uh, so I pursued any kind of education I could, both academically and private and everything, just because I wanted some answers. And I'm looking at like interventions that can extend human lifespan. But my mm -hmm. where I started out, where I started out as, is I was sick and I didn't, and nobody could help me, right? So that yeah. that, that was what got me interested. It's not that I was sick; it's just that I noticed that that I wasn't optimal. I noticed all my friends around me were not. Or I, I noticed people were optimal in their development, and I was suboptimal. And I want to understand why. It wasn't my genetic; it was some environmental factor. So of course, after decades of doing this, I realized. Well, even even from the very beginning, but even after decades, all throughout 
it's really about looking at things that are upstream intervention mm-hmm. that are that are really move the needle. So you start you start at uh, you learn about food supplements all that, and then you realize it's very few things that you need or that you need to really focus on the foundational things. Yeah, long term and water is the most foundational thing after air. Yes. So I really got into water about, I don't know, almost 30 years ago when I started recognizing that different waters have different tastes and and different ways it made you feel in the hydration. So I really got interested in the science of water after that. You know, first it's always a superficial interest, but then, but then because a person that wants, it's really, it's really inquisitive. I want to get into the core and the bottom of things. And so I learned about deuterium depleted water in 2004. And so ever since that time, I wanted to get involved in this because I recognized that this was, there were some studies that were really overlooked and I didn't overlook them. I read them and I go, wow, this is really important. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time, you know, 2000, 2004. Now it's almost 2024. It's like a 20 year. Wow. You to just get started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the story of a lot of the more groundbreaking uh, interventions in, in longevity. You need longevity even to to break ground with them, right? Like you need you need yeah. the time to fight big pharma, fight you know companies that are looking to generate the most amount of profit right now. These projects normally are are longevity projects in general are normally projects of one lunatic fighting the system <laughs> and being proven that he's right at the end of the day. Yeah, because it's not a the system is not uh, healthcare. It's sick non-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very different. Healthcare is a whole different thing. We don't have it. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, the things that you find in standard standard of care medicine and what you find in the research, even even within the same institution, usually are completely different. One is thirty years ahead, and one is a for-profit arm using conventional uh, allopathic means that are, that is actually rather antiquated right yeah so they don't let any new therapies in from their research because it's just like this it's like this broken system we live in that everybody's concerned about getting their funding and everybody but the the thing is i wasn't interested in that so i I gave my i gave myself the liberty to educate myself i gave myself the liberty to open my mind and learn and understand and know and make my own decisions about something so i i looked at the study that was overlooked and i said this is significant because this is yeah. not, this study's telling us that we have a lot more deuterium in our bodies than uh than we than we should and it's causing yeah. it's causing a problem so i hone into these things because i'm interested in longevity and youth you yeah. know I'm, i like feeling youthful so i'm a little selfish with that right mm-hmm. wanna, as i get older i want to maintain that and keep that because uh you know it's a thing some someone once said that uh Anyway, I remember the quote. It's a good. It's from. It's from a poem. But uh, uh, thus fares it still in our decay, and yet the wiser mind mourns less for what age takes away than what it leaves behind. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not here to leave anything behind. I want to experience this moment right now, in the fullness of me, not deficient. You know, or like, oh yeah, I used to be that. It's like I don't want to yeah. be that guy that says that. And in order to be that, you have to use this to affect this. So. Yeah. And yeah, you're fighting against a system that is inherently a, a death cult. You know, that's yeah. really, you know, yeah. we're living in the death cult. You know, so yeah, it's I like, mean, deal with that. I know. I, to, to be honest with you, look, this is uh, not my first venture in the health and wellness field. Oh, I know. And one of the things that uh, led me and us, Anastasia and I, obviously, down the path that we chose is it a path that doesn't rely on a sick individual to sustain the business, right? I think that's most of, uh, obviously that's, I think by now it's it's almost um, cliche, but it is true. Yeah. Allopathic yeah. medicine in general, I wouldn't even say allopathic, but if you look at what the, the um, health service industry requires is that someone has health issues, right? You have to have a, you have to have a disease that's named. I'm all about preventative medicine where you don't even yeah. name anything. Because when you look at that Merck manual, you have all these names that you could have uh-huh. for conditions. And that's just, that's not, it doesn't feel like a human thing to me. Uh-huh, yeah. Other weirdness that I don't want to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So maybe we can get into what spoke to you about deuterium specifically. We can start with what the deuterium is. Yeah, let's look at what deuterium is. Let's look at, let's look at what the body is. And the body is mm-hmm. more water. Right, mm-hmm. 
you know, some molecular biologists even say if you do the if you do the if you do the crazy calculations, it's we're ninety eight point nine percent water by molecular weight because everything's just bombed not out. only. I think there is a, even a bigger a bigger point to make here. You know, even if we the number almost isn't important, but what what is important is to understand that a hundred percent of every process in the body is linked to water. Yeah, yeah, water, right? and, in, and in that. It's linked to hydrogen, right? Yes. And that it's linked to oxygen. So I'm looking at these three building blocks, hydrogen, oxygen, and water. And if you mm -hmm. have them, if you properly put them in your body, okay, and pro they're properly processed, that right there is the most basic preventative medicine that, for long life that you'll have. And it works. Mm -hmm. it absolutely works. I guarantee it. So it turns out hydrogen, just to give you a backup on what deuterium is, Hydrogen, we all know hydrogen, it's part of water, H2O. Mm -hmm. And we also know it's element number one on the periodic yeah. chart, the simplest simplest element. First thing in the universe, it's also the most abundant. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, It's also the fuel of everything, from rocket ships to stars to us. So yeah. it has a heavier cousin, and that's deuterium. That was discovered mm -hmm. in 1932. Nobel Prize was given for that to Dr. Uray and his colleague. So... What that said, it said, it said, hey, not all hydrogen is the same. We've got a little bit of hydrogen that's a little heavier. Why? Because it's mm -hmm. got a neutron. It's got a neutron. All hydrogen doesn't have a neutron. And in 1932, they discovered there's some hydrogen that has a neutron. All other elements in the periodic table have a neutron, right? Uh, your element number is based on how many neutrons you have. So it's a pretty, yes. it's a pretty big deal. So now you have this deuterium. Now, oxygen, I like to say, is too stupid to recognize the difference between hydrogen, normal hydrogen, hydrogen one and hydrogen two, which is deuterium. Hydrogen one is known as protium. So you have protium and deuterium. 99.98% of the universe is protium. A little mm -hmm. bit, tiny bit is deuterium. So oxygen is too stupid to know the difference between these two and it still binds with it and creates water. Only this water is known as heavy water or semi mm -hmm. water. And we have a little bit of this water on this planet and everywhere. Now, why do we have deuterium? It's from the beginning of the universe. Why is it here? It's a transition element. It was becoming helium, and then it got stuck as the universe cooled too quickly, and and, mm -hmm. and there and here we are. There it stays. How does it affect us? Our physiology is made for a deuterium level that's twenty percent lower. That's what. Uh -huh. That's you know, if I if you want to get to the bottom of my hour and a half lecture, that's it. <laughs> so we have to do what we can to endeavor to have our own bodies manage deuterium, which a healthy body does, but it gets overrun quickly. That's why it's one of the reasons why we age. We need a deuterium level that's 25% lower. And this is discovered because the people in Siberia, they couldn't figure out why they, were, they were, lived so long, looked so healthy, had so much energy, and were able to give birth to uh, children into a much later age than we can here in the West. Mm. And then uh, a couple of uh, one young gerontologist and one young biophysicist solved this riddle because they asked their professors, what do I do to get a name for myself as a young student? They said, figure this out. Why are these people so much healthier than everybody else? They live like Eskimos. Mm -hmm. And they figured it out. And it was because they had too much deuterium in the water. And this started the science back in, uh, the first published on this, 1960. Okay. This is how long it's taken. Wow. So I actually have, I think I am very interested. And I think it's a, it's a good point to, to focus on a few things that you said. You did say, look. Obviously, there was a beginning in, in the beginning of the universe. The temperature was very high. And in really if speed that we cannot comprehend, the universe cooled down and um, it's still cooling down. But the beginning was uh, uh, so rapid and so many things happened. And obviously, that's not the podcast for that. But um, maybe um, that's a good, I well, mean, if someone wants to Google it, that, that's a great, great rabbit hole. But what happened was that elements were created by that cooling down process. And in the bowels of stars, stars explode, create new elements because they are very hot inside of them, etc. Having said that, we have a certain amount of, of uh, heavy, heavy water or uh, water that is enriched or, or rich in deuterium, obviously. Yeah, we have a couple of grams of this stuff in our bodies. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like much, but when you consider how much of it there is compared to in your blood plasma compared to things like magnesium, potassium, glucose, there's like five, five to seven times more. Because wow. deuterium is, it's, it's, uh, it's basically 150 parts per million is what it is mm -hmm. in most, most bodies. Okay. It's about, yeah. most people are about 150 ppm. Yeah. And then in 2007, Dr. Ogun did the equation. He published on exactly 
how much damage it's doing based on how it's impacting the uh, ATP synthase nano rotor yes. in, in the mitochondria, in the yeah. electron transport chain. So you could, so it basically told you what kind of damage it's doing. So this is like ongoing. So like every, every, it's like a, it's like a stutter. Like a, it's like, it's like everything's running perfectly. And then it's and then, like someone threw a pebble into into a into a motor, basically. Yeah, yeah. And and then imagine while it's continuing to run, you have to send in these reinforcements to try and patch up the patch up the uh, the damage to keep, to keep yeah. it going. So the question is, what happens that we are exposed to twenty percent more than we're evolved to uh, handle? So if you know, well, if it's, that's the great that's the great question. It, it went up. It went up mm-hmm. in our. Um, in the last 120,000 years, that's about how much it went up. Uh-huh. So we don't really know why it went up, but we know that we just cannot handle the amount. Uh, consider this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you had the uh, uh, glaciers melt in yeah. the Ice Age, that released an enormous amount of methane into mm-hmm. the atmosphere. And that, that alone uh, contributed a significant amount of um, deuterium. And uh-huh. uh, we have this biblical thing in, this, in our history called the, the Great Flood. And if, I, I like to look at the... I took this great class when I was in college. It was called The Bible is Literature. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is some good historical literature. So in this historical literature, if you can look at the Bible this way, you have these you have these patriarchs that are before the flood are living to like 600 to 900 years, and after the flood are living to 120 and then and then lower. So something happened in this in this uh, flood myth that before we had less deuterium and after uh, uh, and after we had more. In fact, if you want to go further back and you go to, if you go to, you go, even now you go to Antarctica and you test the water there and the water is 89 parts per million, uh-huh. which is basically means that it's locked, it's water that's locked up in time from 80 million years ago. And 80 mm-hmm. million years ago, what did you have? Well, you had a different atmosphere, obviously, but you also had animals that grew to the size of, size of uh, five-story buildings and yeah. ferns the size of uh, three-story houses. So when you had less deuterium, it's just a, it's a very simple equation. You know, l- lighter, a lot, when you're lighter, you can grow faster. So things were lighter. And this yeah. is just, it's, it's really, it can be looked at philosophically like this and physically as well. It's like, it's like uh, we're looking for the path of least resistance. And the original hydrogen offers us that path. That's the way yeah. you made it. But then deuterium comes in and it's, uh, it slows everything down. Interesting. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare products and our special offer for podcast listeners only. Our products provide you with skin regenerative therapy that corrects the cellular damage that is accumulated over time and aims to lower the functional age of the skin. If you're a first-time Young Goose customer, we are offering the listeners of this podcast 20% off their first order by using the promo code PODCAST20 during checkout. If you are a long-time user and have already tried our products, we highly appreciate you coming back, coming back to this podcast and listening to us and also coming back and using our products. And we would like to offer you 10% off with the promo code PODCAST10. So maybe, you know, to focus on what we in this podcast are occupied with, how would we take this model of, you know, heavy water are harder to create energy with, our bodies creating energy in a less efficient way, and effective way. That means there are more byproducts. There is more aging that happens to that energy creation. So how do we look at it in the scope of skin health, rejuvenation, overall aging lens? The skin is a, it's a great mirror of what's happening on the inside, actually, mm-hmm. Yeah, for one thing. And uh, I notice a lot of people drink a lot of water, but they're very dehydrated. Because they're, yeah. drink, they're drinking the wrong water. In fact, you can go on extended dry fast and still have uh, <laughs> still have great hydration. Because uh, mm-hmm. the, the body makes its own water, and it makes it from fat, um, and it makes it it makes it synthesizes it basically fresh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so none of the water that we drink makes it into our cells. But when you when you drink deuterium depleted water, that is the water that is the closest to the water that's inside your own cells. So yeah. uh, I, mean, I think that. That's one argue, That's one simple argument for drinking water. That's that, that there's there's water that doesn't resemble 
the water that your body makes and there's water that resembles the water your body makes. You have to ask yeah, yourself. Yeah, we can call it biomimetic water. Biomimetic, it's, that's what determined depleted water is. It's biomimetic. Mm -hmm. But I looked at this as it applies to collagen because I'm interested in that. I, I, yeah. At one time, I, I wanted to be a, I was quite interested in dermatology. So I, I learned everything about collagen and last and most of it I forgot. But, but <laughs> the key points, I noticed key things like, uh, you know, you look at collagen. Collagen is very similar to uh, DNA. Yeah. So there's a triple helix instead of a double helix. And uh, so... What's interesting in this is that when you have a when you have this double helix or triple helix, everything is that structure has a certain has a certain geometry of math. Math there. If that gets distorted, right, then it doesn't replicate properly. Yeah. If you look at the definition, uh, the ancient I think Greek or definition of beauty, which or, or no no is a Sanskrit beauty uh -huh. meant right proportion. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's this coil of the DNA, and that's the same with the triple coil of the collagen. It means right proportion. Yeah. So, when it doesn't replicate properly because, because it's getting, because there's a distortion in its shape, what causes a distortion in shape? Well, a molecule or an atom in a position that it, that occupying a position where it doesn't belong and where it's yeah. masquerading for something else. And that would be deuterium. So, deuterium distorts the shape of collagen. And yeah. uh, it, just as it distorts the shape of DNA. So you have this. So I, it, in my lecture, I like to point out that, you know, uh, we start life with our skin as, you know, as smooth as silk and we end up like a burlap hemp bag, okay, mm -hmm. as we get older. And that's because of those layers, those those interwoven layers like fractals and if you and yeah. if you zoom in on them it's just a it's just triple helix within triple helix within coil within a coil within a coil within a coil so anything that happens anything that happens over here in the innermost confined space of that will have a like a fractal reverberation type of effect on the mm -hmm. outside here okay so we're looking at maintaining the integrity of the core and the, and then the outside will will fit in so we put, people put all this stuff on their face that's great if it absorbs okay but if it doesn't, then it's just that what's what's it really doing? Because we have to feed, we have to the like my like my friend once said, a, a rose is not made from spare parts. You have to feed mm -hmm. the rose from the nutrients, right? You have to you have to give the nutrients within. Certainly anything that it is small enough that it can be absorbed, it can be absorbed through the skin. And that's beautiful, that's wonderful. But water, obviously, when you decrease the deuterium in your body, you increase the integrity of the collagen because mm -hmm. you have less. You have less potential for disruption, okay, in concert with other things you're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't live in one little silo. We, we have to live in a, in a whole community because our body yes. is a symbiotic organism, uh, mostly bacteria, actually. Mm -hmm. So, and bacteria, what do they produce when they eat? They produce hydrogen. Mm -hmm. so it's, a, it's really an energy game, and that energy game is dictated by hydrogen. Uh, you could look at melanin as well, and uh, there's a recent... Uh, some recent uh, renewed interest in this because some uh, very learned, uh, albeit controversial uh, scientists out there for now and for decades have been saying, look, mitochondria is not the powerhouse of the cell. Sorry to break your biochemistry bubble, but the powerhouse of the cell is melanin. Okay? Mm -hmm. Melanin, it, what does it do? It cracks water and forms water. And in that amount, in that it makes, it makes energy. And so it's really important because it uses, because it can, because it create hydrogen and oxygen and it can take hydrogen and oxygen gas and make it into water. So we have these complex systems that we're barely understanding. I mean, a hundred years ago, we didn't, we, we, we didn't even know 5% of this. So we were in this rapid evolution of knowledge. And uh, a lot of this, it's, you have to be, you have to learn how to be discerning and use your critical thinking skills because a lot of the stuff they're pushing on us is you have to be able to discern what's real from what's not, from what's fake, because it, we, there's a lot of transhumanist agenda and they would yeah. have you believe that they would have you believe biased things that they would want you to believe. And uh, if you want to know uh, a beautiful word, you said uh, a biomimicry, if you, if you're really into this type of thing, like I am, then because uh, uh, there's a whole world opening up to us in this realm where we can study and copy nature, especially with 3D printing nanomachines, yes. just like a, like understanding the anti-gravity flight of a beetle. So, yeah, we have this divergent, divergent schools of science, I think, right now. And, uh, you know, guys like me, we're, we're, we're in science and commerce at the same time. And we're using we're using profits from commerce and putting them into science. So into research and development. 
essentially. So, you know, we're like private because we're mist we've grown mistrustful of the of our institutions. So we have yeah. to venture venture on our own. To your point, you know, I am uh, more a disciple. I don't know if uh, you you know who Neri Oxman is, mm-hmm. another Israeli scientist. She was the head of of a lab in MIT that looked at how you can. Now she has her own company, which is called the uh, Oxman Group, I believe. I would highly, re- if anyone resonates with what you are saying about biomimicry and and working through the. I would say templates of nature and how nature evolved and how we can fit into those templates or communicate with those templates to create a better world, better us, etc. I would highly recommend following her, consuming what she puts out there, looking at the research that she d- did. Of course, uh, she's famous because she um, had um, a multi-foot tall, I remember, like a huge MoMA presentation mm. that was made out of silkworms, 17,000 silkworm cocoons and and uh, that that made a, an incredible structure and she showed how you can build structure. Oh, yeah, I, I I did see that. Maybe yes. she do she may have done a TED talk. I may have seen her. Maybe Some- I've been reading her what she's writing for a while now. Incredible person and and in 2018 I want to say she was uh courted by Brad Pitt, which was, of course, an important uh, stamp of approval when Brad Pitt likes what you're doing. But, you know, some people would remember that. So to connect to what you're saying, which I think is is wonderful and beautiful, is something that I've said before in the podcast a few times, which is we all are uh, transient in the, in the way where each body part of ours basically regenerates almost completely over time. It can be you know, the liver two to three years, a half a heart every 25 years, our skin every, you know, 21 to 28 days, skin cells. I've got one for you. Yeah. We produce more ATP. We produce more than our own body weight and ATP yeah. per day. Yes. So, I mean, most of the things that we think of as ourselves, we there are they are now, but in a relatively short time frame. Right they would have regenerated completely. Uh, it's like a zero. It's a copy of a copy of a copy. hundred percent. So whatever we put in our body now, and that's obviously a discussion also about like uh, seed oil or, uh, or oh, rancid omega. Term damage. I'm, I'm actually benefiting from the things I did. Now as somebody in my yes. 50s, I'm benefiting from all the right decisions, dietary choices I made in my early 20s right now. A hundred percent. You're benefiting from the fact that, you know, you move your body and you're not being stagnant because that is, these are the instructions for those cells when they renew themselves and connecting to deuterium depleted water or in general deuterium in water. Right. These are the most fundamental. So as we said before, every process in the body relies and utilizes water, every structure, most of the water in the body isn't even stored as water. It's in crystalline structures. That's right. That's right. And so this is a basic build. It's like building a house from the a material that is incompatible with that house, if you would. So what's going to happen to that structure over time? It's not going to be great, right? And that's right. why it was so important for me to bring you on because this is, I think, one of the most fundamental decisions someone can make. What I want to ask you, Victor, within that framework is if you could talk to us a little bit about endogenous radiation damage theory. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you asked that. Because this yes. is like years ago, I'm trying to I think this is in, in my 30s. I'm trying to understand why are we, Why do we age, you know? Because like mm-hmm. you see everybody getting older around you, you know, uh, some faster than others, which is another weird thing. Mm-hmm. But but then, so I started looking at why, what are the, what is the underlying cause of aging? And I, and I said, and I, I knew about deuterium. I said, this is, this is one of the things, but what is it, what is it doing? Cause there's this, remember we talked about this neutron. Yeah. And so it turns out and uh, anybody can challenge this theory or I'd love debate or anything uh, in this respect. I've only brought it to like the most respected uh, scientists that I know. And they said, I think you have some, I think this has some teeth mm-hmm. and essentially what ha- we, whatever we eat or whatever we consume, everything we expose to has isotopes and isotopes essentially are versions of the element, different versions of the element. Mm-hmm. And some isotopes are not stable. And by what we mean by unstable is they, they, they produce 
alpha, beta, or gamma radiation. And what that looks mm -hmm. like, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a particle, usually a neutron. It gets blasted out really fast, okay? So if you take a Geiger counter to whatever the background radiation is, and to yourself, you'll find that you're always hotter than the background. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we're hot. We're radioactive. And the reason we're radioactive is because there's these, these, in, in, the, in the biological processes of life, there's these, we have these isotopes that are just kicking out these alpha and beta and uh, once in a while gamma, gamma waves. And in doing so, uh, they blast out, right, out, out, out of the body. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, what happens when, and when they, blast, they blast their way out? They rip through everything, including DNA. So mm -hmm. if, if you uh, have a single strand break, it can be repaired. If you have a double strand break, now you have missing information. Yeah. So that's why you know you look older as you age. You just have less integrity in the information. Uh, there's less. There's less of the information now. At the same time, there's less energy because of this. Because of these because of these impediments on energy, like deuterium and other things that are that are uh, keeping us from t being able to replicate properly, creating those types yeah. of errors. But then there's errors that are happening from uh, potassium forty isotopes of sodium that are radioactive. Uh, things like this, essentially, that I think this is the cause of the aging process, but there is really no way to mitigate it. Uh, not that Iron I, as well, by the way. Iron is another big problem because we have, if you really start getting into it, you realize that we have all the iron we need in our bodies by the time we're 18. Mm -hmm. so we need like 25 milligrams of iron, I think, per day. And that's what the recommended daily allowance is in the U.S. But uh, around there, however... I think 18 milligrams or like, oh no, 23 milligrams of that. That's right. 23 uh, of that is recycled. So yes. we're killing ourselves with iron, basically burying yeah. ourselves with iron, uh, oxidative stress. So, you know, there's these, there's these things like, uh, you know, our bodies, what do they really, what do they really run on? You know, and, and, and uh, we're just starting to just crack these things like uh, with these devices. Uh, I think one of them we call the Lumen where it tells you where you're. Uh -huh what you're burning, you know, whether you're burning, where you're burning carbs, whether you're burning ketones, these, these abilities to study ourselves now um, can give us valuable insight on our own health. But I digress. We were talking about the uh, endogenous radiation yes. theory of aging. So I, so I said, okay, this is problem number one, deuterium. We got a handle on that. We, can, we know we can extend our lifespans because these people in the Far East are doing it just by lowering deuterium by 20, 25%. But how do we mitigate the damage from radiation? This is a question that hasn't been answered. Uh, C60 is is, uh, is is an interesting compound for its ability to absorb uh, alpha and, and uh, beta particles. So there's a uh, this is like you know at first you go okay I have a, I've at first you have to identify the problem right yeah. if you don't just like with any disease if you don't know why you got it you know how effective are you really going to be in in addressing it if you don't know the root cause the very root root core cause of something. So I'm like, let's look at this. I think, I, you know, you can't disprove that radiation is killing us. And if you look at, if you look at somebody that's like, a, has made it to an advanced age, you know, hundred plus, and, uh, and you look at them, their younger selves, they look like somebody that has succumbed to radiation damage. Because when you mm -hmm. look at radiation victims, they have rapid aging, this rapid, basically, uh, um, entropy of, yeah. uh, destruction of mitochondria and everything everything else so uh yeah i wrote this up there's a video on youtube uh endogenous radiation damage theory of aging i go through the technical problem and why i think that's that now the, the great thing is we don't know how to how to stop it that's that that's the quest right that's the quest yes. and so and so in my in my interest in alchemy over the last 20 plus years becoming adept and making monatomic gold and uh, uh, really learning everything about what the ancients were trying to understand about, about gold, uh, mm -hmm. it, was very, it was very similar. It was very similar. They understood this type of, they understood these things. Like if you read the ancient texts, they kind of understood things we know now. They, they explain it to you in a more poetic thing. So you almost have to, you almost, it's almost like there's a initiation. Mm -hmm. The initiation, you have to have the knowledge ahead of time before they can reveal to you through their texts passed down over thousands of years that they knew about this too. And, uh, but there's no solution. So we came up with one solution that's deuterium depleted water. We spent $12 million to put up a factory and, uh, produces enough water for just a few people. <laughs> so we're trying to move the needle on these things, but at the same time, we need people like yourself and others to, uh, embrace this model, this uh, yeah. uh, uh, this professor you're talking about, the biomimicry, we can we can learn how to we can learn anti gravity from insects. Okay, we should really be looking into this. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. And um, I, I would really want, since we, we, this is something that I can talk to you literally all day, <laughs> I would really want to give our listeners and viewers the ability to have some practical applications. So I would love for you to explain to us how does it look in, in, in reality? How do we lower the deuterium enriched water in our, or deuterium based water in our body? How does it look like? And uh, obviously, where can you get uh, light water, which is the uh, deuterium depleted water that you guys make? Drinklightwater.com. Lightwater mm-hmm. is spelled L I T E W A T E R. And mm-hmm. uh, on the website, drinklightwater.com, you'll find everything you need to answer that question. The best thing someone can do is load. Download the ebook, which is the deuterium depletion guide, and then uh-huh. the other one as well. Uh, that's the best way because it's a time commitment and it's a money commitment. And yeah. uh, you know, after ninety days of drinking deuterium depleted water, you'll get down to that range. Assuming you're doing everything right, you'll get down that twenty percent or more. And then there's maintaining it, or how long you can maintain it. So there's different different strategies, different protocols, different ways to let this be a benefit in your life, right? To yeah. Make- to make this work for you. But bottom line, if you can afford to drink deuterium depleted water, you shouldn't be drinking anything else. Yeah, and I know people take their bottles everywhere. <laughs> I had to do, I, I wanted this so bad, I had to start a company to give my, get water for myself. 100%. No, I really, I know people who take light water everywhere they go, literally everywhere they go. They'll send it to themselves. When they, I, I met this guy who literally sent himself a box when he landed in Miami. Like, uh, I tried to do that too, and uh, uh, I was without it for a few weeks, and I noticed my de- I, my deuterium level. I had it down to ninety five. Uh-huh. We have a lab, so I, I do all the testing, and uh-huh. so then after uh, it, I brought I did I brought my water with me, but everybody says, "What do you got? Light water?" So after like three days, it was gone. So uh, <laughs> we trip to Europe, hottest time of the year, one hundred and ten degrees. I'm drinking like six liters of water a day. I ran out uh-huh. of water. I still feel great. But when I get back, I'm at one. I'm a, I went up to 125. So yeah, you mm-hmm. rapidly start going up. So it's like it's like this balancing act. But the thing is, if you do it for a while, like a year or two, but even if you stop, you'll notice the benefits. They they continue. Yeah. Uh, so uh, because it's a it's you can look at this as a as an oxygen strategy as well. Yeah, 100. percent The ability for you to how do you, how your body utilizes oxygen. And when you decrease the deuterium, you increase increase your oxygen carrying capacity. So we're working on some studies right now. They did a bunch in Russian, Hungarian, Romanian. Obviously, nobody in the U.S. cares <laughs> about that. They only want it in, in English in the U.S. So yeah, yeah working on it. I'd like to take a second and talk to you about ProCare which is a longevity science-based serum that visibly improves the signs of aging while combating inflammation and balancing oil production. This serum is a result of years of scientific work and clinical research. ProCare is an exclusive, multi-purpose product delivering powerful, proven, age-reversing and acne-preventing benefits. The only topical product that has been clinically proven to eliminate senescent cells in humans. What does it do? It lessens the appearance of lines and wrinkles. It shields from environmental toxins and free radicals. It lessens progerin, which is the skin's aging protein. It plumps the skin, uh, the appearance of it, and provides genetic hyaluronic acid boost it lessens blackheads, breakouts, and improves pore appearance, brightens the skin and even skin tone. It helps to calm redness and rosacea, and it also eliminates, as we said, harmful senescent cells. So personally, do you drink only light water, only deuterium depleted water, or do you mix it into available water? So I only drink light water, but I like other beverages. I, I mm-hmm. like, there's other waters I like, like Donut, which is because of the magnesium. So you don't drink much of it. It's just like a natural magnesium supplement. I like raw milk. I like coconut water. Although uh, lately I've been buying a dehydrated coconut water powder. Uh-huh. All the brands. 
of the powder from the water where they freeze dry the, uh-huh. the water. And I've been reconstituting that with uh, DDW. I've been making myself deuterium depleted coconut water. So yeah, I, you know, I try to only drink DDW, but uh, uh, that's because I know that there'll be instances where I won't be able to. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see what it's done for me. Like it's no, this is not a placebo effect. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. And it's all again, and it's measurable. Like this is one of those things that it's, Easily measurable and felt, and and definitely something people should seriously look look at if they can afford it. Obviously, it's a commitment. Either you can afford to do it, or you can't afford not to. Then you got to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there are and there are solutions that which I kind of alluded to a second ago. The, the choice is not like it's not a Catholic wedding, right? The, the choice is not you need to drink only the, the DDW or you shouldn't drink it at all. So th- there are a lot of people who say, you know, I, that's a huge commitment for me. I don't want to do it. But I, again, I can't afford not to do it. And then I've heard you guys recommend them to basically supplement their, so, so basically mix it into waters, water, which is obviously more affordable. That's the thing is, the, pro- the protocol is to lower your deuterium gradually. Let's say you mm-hmm. start drinking straight DDW and then you start drinking you know, something that's one to four diluted, which is uh, 122 ppm. Mm-hmm. And so they're both going to allow your body to release about one ppm maximum, like a quarter mm-hmm. ppm per day maximum. So in the beginning, it doesn't really matter. And even mm-hmm. in the end, because you're, you're, it's just, it's a lot of it, what kind of food you're putting in your body? Are you fasting? What is your hydration like? Like I noticed, like, I drink a liter and a half of water. I'm very hydrated. But if mm-hmm. I went, I went exercising or went on went on a bike ride for for 20 miles that would be different that would be, those needs would increase but the the point is that you allow yourself to drink when you're thirsty and not when you're not not when you just oh I have to have 10 uh, glasses of water that's stupid it really is that's just the definition of stupidity when you have your very own body telling you when you're hungry and when you're thirsty and in yes. fact some incredible things happen when you don't obey that signal you know that's what we do with fasting we disobey mm-hmm. the of hunger and thirst, and then miracles happen. Miracles, straight up healing miracles, drug free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there's so much we have left. To, there's so much to know about this body, but it takes discipline. It takes resolve. And the thing is, is if you lower your deuterium level just by a little bit, your body didn't expect that because as we mm-hmm. age, it's a linear progression, right? It's a downward spiral. You don't you don't expect. You know, if you spiral down this far, you don't expect to come back all of a sudden up here. It's like you don't you don't wake up. You're not gonna a 51 year old man like me is not gonna wake up tomorrow, as 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 30. Okay, that's not uh-huh. gonna. Happen. But I can use this to get your mind, yeah, to get to the same level physically that I was back then. Even though I'm going against nature, I'm going against genetics, but I'm using nature, taking the best of it to inform me of how to. Do what I want. What do I want? I yes. want to extend my health. I want to extend. I want to extend my this in a free will universe. What do I want? I want to extend my life, and I want to extend my happiness, and I want to uh, extend my health. Right? Yeah. It's free will. So how do you get there? Well, you got to use your brain to get there. So that's where that's where we're at today. So that's why we have to learn. That's why I, I tell people, look, you can just start drinking water. It will absolutely benefit you. But if you're skeptical, or if you're, or if you need a kind of a little bit motivation and understand what you're doing. Uh, knowledge is the great motivator. Then go to the website and get the deuterium depletion guide, read the FAQ, and you will, you'll like, I've done how many, 40, 50 of these podcasts? Just just listen to one with me and you'll go, okay, I get it now. And I'm just yeah. going to start thinking this. And then get a little bit more refined in your thinking, right? Really try to find and understand what is the path of least resistance? Because there's there's so many ways to get there. And, and uh, um I'm telling you, when it comes to good health, like I'm there. So if you're healthy, it's very hard to make a healthy person sick. You can do it. We get sick all the time. But if you're unwell, it's very hard to make you healthy. So if you're stuck in a pattern that's that's not a healthy pattern, a great way to get out of it is to increase the energy that your body has. Yeah. A great way to increase the energy that your body didn't expect is to lower the deuterium. Your body will go, what's that? What just happened to me? Mm-hmm. It's going to go like, what? I didn't expect that. What just happened? And and so I you know, I started this company because I took a big risk because I completely believed in the science. Like I didn't I didn't drink any deuterium water. I didn't have any, but I wanted mm-hmm. it. 
years. And for years, I tried to make it by myself. I failed miserably. It wasn't until I went to Russia and met the scientists and the people that had invested the right there, the, the proper amount of capital and the right technical know-how to figure this out over, over a decade plus period of time. But I got involved in the business because I believed in the science and the science didn't let me down. After I started importing this water, we started making the water, started selling the water. After about six months, I'm like, oh my God, this stuff really works. Like a fair assessment, you know, a critical assessment of how it's, how it's, and I'm like, wow, this, it's one of those times where the science proved you right. And, and you know that because you're a scientist. It, it, it's when you go, when you have a theory and you have a, uh, when you have a premise and a hypothesis and you go, I think this is going to work. And then you, and you test it all the way to the end and you go, it worked. To be honest, that's one of the best things about life. You know, it might be very, very, very vain. It might be. I don't think so, but but someone else might call it vain. That's the best thing about time in life. Yes. Is that is that, is that you can be validated right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And focus, focus and effort. So, you know, I, I've, I've seen you evolve in the last few years since we've met, you know, and building building your brand and company and your messaging and what you're about. And, and it's a, it's a constant it's a constant refinement evolution yeah. it's a it's, it's great you know like uh, we were we were talking about how uh you know we should do our own conference because uh yeah. the, 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 the vendors at these places have the best time because because yeah. i mean they're the most knowledgeable people right 100 are sharing their knowledge with, with each other it's very uh it, it's very much with the heart and the mind so yes yeah. So, so I, Victor, I do have a question for you, like before we go. And as far as like how to get to drinklightwater.com, et cetera, that everything's going to be on, on our show notes. But right. I do have a question about the future. What's on the horizon? Are there uh, project or research that you want people to be looking out for? How does the future of DDW look like? Oh, uh, the term depleted water? Yes. Well, my major task is increasing production. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, we're building a pilot facility and a factory here in the United States. Obviously, that's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is it, it's it's really interesting because this is all like the ability to reduce deuterium from water, and the reason why it's so expensive is because it's energy. It takes mm-hmm. an enormous amount of energy, and we're having like this coming to Jesus moment with energy right now as humans because we actually produce. We actually consume 600 times more energy than we produce. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So if you look at the future, we have to understand and uh, find better solutions for the energy. Because we'll, if we can lower the energy costs, we can lower the price of deuterium-depleted water after the infrastructure is built out. So, uh, But in the foreseeable future, we're just increasing our production slowly and uh, looking to expand here to the United States. And again, I offer this challenge out to any young inventor out there uh, that the, where we are today, I liken to being around a campfire in the 1860s talking about the possibilities of a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right now we use a wonderful process. It makes fantastic deuterium-depleted water. We remove 95 to 97% of the heavy or semi-heavy water in all water. But again, the process takes a lot of energy. So somebody out there hopefully they're born already and hopefully they're working on this is going to figure out an easier way to do this you could shift the you could shift the needle for humanity if you towed an iceberg from from antarctica and let everybody drink off (laughs) the deuterium levels but what if somebody came along and actually figured out how to you know in one liter of water which is twenty thousand drops it's only six six drops are in this configuration of not h2o but hod or hdo okay just Uh six if somebody could just go, some magician could go say, "Hey, those six drops. If you guys could just bubble to the surface, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spoon you out." And now you have pure deuterium depleted water. Wow. Unfortunately, things are more random than that. But eventually, yeah. I'm looking at systems in nature, biomimicry. How does nature do it? Because nature filters deuterium. Our own bodies filter deuterium. This is yeah. we we do a damn good job of it. We just get overrun pretty quick. So if we if somebody out there looks at nature, maybe it'll, it'll put us, it'll put me out of a job, maybe put us out of a business, but at least it'll do something really worthwhile for humanity. Can you create this in a home device? Because right now, this is not something you can make at home. No matter how hard you try, you just cannot make deuterium depleted water at home. So I know some people are trying out there. It's very difficult. 
so that's it. That's like my challenge to all scientists and anybody. Say, hey, try to figure this out. for the Because we're not going to go to the stars unless we have deuterium depleted water. You cannot survive in outer space unless your body is deuterium depleted. You'll make it a year. Uh-huh. Uh, Mars, you'll get seven times more deuterium than we have on this planet. So you, you'll expire very quickly. So this is like an evolution that we're going through. And this evolution is an understanding the base, how the basic elements are, are used to form our reality, our physical reality, our temporal and physical reality. And that's hydrogen, oxygen, and the combination thereof. So if we, uh, if we get into these things, then, uh, then we're not going to have to worry about any medicine that they want to, pharmaceutical, pharma companies want to, want to give us for profit. You know, let's do things. What, what things, uh, I mean, it's a whole separate topic. You and I yeah. can, can talk, can talk for days, but, uh, anyway, yeah. I'm trying to do my part. You're trying to do your part. I'm getting the benefit of it, which is, uh, drinking deuterium depleted water. You're getting your benefit of it. Look at you. You look like, you look like a million bucks. <laughs> so, well, listen, Victor, you, you know, this conversation is, uh, I hope to do it again in, in a couple of years. And, and as we, as you say, the science of creating deuterium depleted water would be different. The amount of people that are consuming it would be different. For now, I highly recommend everyone listening to go ahead and, and give that uh, trial because uh, the results are incredible. I thank you very much, Victor, for sharing your time with us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person in a very short time. Where? <laughs> Where am I see you next? <laughs> I hope you go, you're coming to Miami to the uh, to the Biohacking Congress. If not, then we'll we'll try to figure out when we see each other. But uh, for for today, we got to wrap up. So I really really appreciate your time. And uh, I mean, it was it was an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much, much Victor. Yeah. All right, everyone, take care. Well, what an enriching journey. That was with uh, Viktor Segalovsky. His wisdom bridges the world of science, wellness, and water in ways few can attempt to do. So I really appreciate him and I really cherish him as, as someone in our life, in our community. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to address some thought-provoking questions from our esteemed listeners. So the first question that a listener wrote to us is about different types of vitamin C. He said that uh, he sees different percentages and names for vitamin C and what are the differences between them. So we actually recorded a podcast on this and we're going to be recording more. But I would like to, to shortly say that the most common form of vitamin C is called L ascorbic acid. The reason it's most common First of all, it's just because it's the least expensive and we see it anywhere from, you know, so-called clean brands to um, the leaders of the industry. There are less common forms of vitamin C, but they're normally exponentially more expensive, whether it is MAP or THD, which are two versions that we use here at Young Goose. The cost is, is, is tenfold or twentyfold. That's number one. The second thing is that L-ascorbic acid is actually not as strong. So what happens is, is, is that I can, let's say I use L-ascorbic acid, I can write, you know, 20% vitamin C, 30% vitamin C. But normally these are actually only what was maybe in the bottle when the product was bottled. This is a very volatile product. And that's why a lot of clean skincare with vitamin C are actually going to be very harmful for your skin in general, but especially if they're L-ascorbic acid because you're really getting an unstable product, an oxidized product. That's number one. Number two, other forms of vitamin C are, you know, four to six times stronger. So if we have, uh, for example, our ProCare is 3% THD. 3% THD is six to eight times stronger than aloscorbic acid. So we're looking at at least like 18 to 24% equivalent of aloscorbic acid. Another thing that is very worrying with aloscorbic acid is the fact that I'm convinced and we are convinced and, and a lot of the more, the people who really nerd out on vitamin C, we're convinced that L-ascorbic acid is actually extremely toxic and is aging your skin and uh, aging your body as well because it's such an, a volatile form. It actually releases iron into the uh, intracellular space and that iron becomes basically genotoxic. It, it actually 
is unstable. It is producing oxidative stress and actually creates DNA damage and actually ruins the ways that your genes are expressed. So all the genes that we're talking about here, collagen genes, elastin gene, hyaluronic acid genes, pigment genes, whatever that is, all of those are being corrupted by L-ascorbic acid very, very slowly, but it is genotoxic. And there, it's actually aging you and changing who you are on a cellular level for the worse. Uh, that's why we're not using it for, first and foremost. And obviously, there are more stable, more efficacious forms. Now, the last thing point I'm going to make here is that we can only have like 100% of anything in a formula. So if we have something that's 20 or 30%, it's actually not that strong and effective. We really don't have space for other incredible actives that can go in conjunction. For example, just to give a ProCare as an example, or a new serum we're developing now, we really prefer using uh, products that are significantly more concentrated or powerful because it means you, the consumer, can at the end of the day get more active ingredients and different active ingredients in that serum and you don't have to be beholden to, 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 you don't have to use this, you know, 20, 30% vitamin C product and that, that has almost nothing else in it. That's number one. And number two, obviously, is not good for you. That's the main reason. It's just not good for you. So the, the, uh, I hope that answered that question. We're going to record more about this in the future, but we had to address it. Every time someone mentions L-ascorbic acid, uh, I can't help myself. So that's number one. The second question is about hyaluronic acid prices for different products by different companies. So hyaluronic acid actually is a very, very, very interesting molecule. It's not a molecule, not even in the, in the fact that it's interesting because of its result. It's just interesting in the way that it has gained uh, notoriety or gained popularity. And hyaluronic acid actually comes in many different forms. So that's the first thing I want to say, okay? It comes in many different forms. It basically, I would say most people have heard about it probably to begin with from fillers. Uh, like Botox, people do fillers as well. And these fillers, are some of them may, are made out of hyaluronic acid. That hyaluronic acid is... Um, what we call cross-link, or it's more dense. And um, this density allows it to be a, a filler. So it's not the same hyaluronic acid we have in our, in, in products in general, in skincare. Now within hyaluronic acid, we have different molecular weights, which means the size of the molecule is completely different. That's the second thing, uh, the changes. Obviously, smaller size is better for that sense, especially if it's formulated in a way that makes it non-irritating because that's the, the flip side of that. And the third thing, when you look at percentages, you're looking at semantics. Because if I say, you know, 6% hyaluronic acid and I price my product for $20, there is no way, there's, there's no feas feasible way that it's 6% hyaluronic acid. What happens is it is a uh, hyaluronic acid solution. So if I buy from my manufacturer a solution that within that solution, that solution can be called the hyaluronic acid solution for that matter. And within that hyaluronic acid solution, I have only 10% hyaluronic acid. So if I have 6% of that solution in my product, it means I have 0.6% hyaluronic acid, real hyaluronic acid in my product. So just to give you a reference, okay, it's a very expensive molecule, whether it's something that you want to use a lot or not. This is a discussion, we believe it is. That's a discussion for a different podcast, but don't be fooled. Number three, the question's pretty cool, is why can't I use or should, can I use body sunscreen on my face? Pretty cool question, and the answer generally is yes. The challenge is, especially obviously, if it's 100% uh, zinc oxide, non-nano, the challenge normally is products that are meant to use in, on the body is mainly, are mainly are meant to be spread on a larger surface. And they also, a lot of the time, don't contain, you know, you can't make, you know, our BioShield SPF 40, which is probably one of the most expensive sunscreens in the world because we, we believe we made the best sunscreen anyone has ever made and, and, and we've you know, we spared no expenses there, has a lot of different molecules that don't only, only as you probably know already, uh, shield you from EMF, pollution, heavy metals, blue light, etc. Also, there are ingredients there that actually support the photo 
protective properties, the sun protective properties of zinc oxide. So, um, and studies show that, that if you combine the correct and, and correct amount of antioxidants with your sunscreen, you get almost double the efficacy. And obviously body sunscreens, they, they, they need to be more economical. So they're not, normally it's not there. Obviously, there are also aspects of hydration. Sunblocks are supposed to form on top of your skin, and sometimes they have other ingredients which are not positive for that, which are obviously are okay on the body, but on the face, they're not so much. Last but not least, normally, products that you're going to be using on the body are just not as user-friendly. So they're going to leave a white cast more etc. So bear that in mind. It might be something that bothers you. It might be something that doesn't, but technically you could. That's, you know, after saying all of that, you could. So that's it for for our questions today. If you have any questions or insights, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts and reviews are available. We sincerely value your perspectives and look forward to addressing them in our subsequent episodes. So thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you here next time. 